Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Here we are, our third episode of our series, Advent, a season of preparation. I'm excited for us to jump into this today and let's do that. Remember that uh, this is the time or the season whereby uh, we get to acknowledge that Jesus was born. This is you know, uh, the saying is, Jesus is the reason for the season. And so we just want to jump into that situation and look at it from this aspect. Again, today is our third episode. Our subtitle uh, for today is love. Our subtitle for today is love. So the whole title is Advent, a season of preparation, love. Alright, so we're going to jump into it. On this episode, we, we understand that we have an assurance of forgiveness in Jesus. And God shows us He has provided the solution to every problem, and it's in Jesus. Because in Jesus, God has reconciled Himself to the world so that we would have forgiveness of sin and be brought into the family of God. We have looked at episode one. Episode one was hope. Episode two was peace. Now we are into episode three, which is love. And so we're going to, like we did last week, we're going to set the foundation. Then we're going to come in with our message to top it all off. And then we will conclude. But our whole thing today is that we have to have an understanding and be on the same uh, mindset by looking at and acquiring what definitions that we're using for today. So the definitions that we have for today, number one definition is Advent, and that is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Advent. The second word today is love. Love is benevolence or goodwill, a feeling of affection for someone or something. The third definition for today is forgiveness. And forgiveness is the act of forgiving the pardon of an offender by which he is considered and treated as not guilty. The pardon or remission or removal of an offense or a crime. The remission of a debt, a fine or a penalty. So we have advent, we have love, we have forgiveness. And I just want to make sure that we have an understanding of those terms as we go through our scriptures for today. Let's go ahead and jump into that. We're going to start off with Matthew, the first chapter, the 18th verse, going through to the 25th verse, the English Standard Version. And we are going to start with this. Matthew 1.18 says this. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, 
Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And so that is our foundational scripture for today. Now, we, when we look at this situation, we see that uh, there is some topsy-turvy things going on in that Joseph's like, Mary just came to me and told me that she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, and he, it, it, it's something, but because it says because he was a willing and a just man, he didn't want to have her to get stoned. He didn't want to uh, put her out in the public eye to be ridiculed. He was going to just say, you know what, we're going to get divorced privately so that there would be no issues and she'll go her way, I'll go my way. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, as we look at that, we see that uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that is very important in this, in this environment is forgiveness. And in Colossians, the first chapter... Starting at that 10th verse, it says this. It says that, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with him, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. And so what we have in Jesus is the fact that we have this reinstatement back into the family of God. We have this forgiveness. So Advent, we can look at Advent, is, is the season where we expectantly wait for the assurance of pardon of God for our sins. It's this time where this Redeemer is coming. We're celebrating the, the coming of the Redeemer, and He shall come, and He will forgive us of our sins. He will cause us to be in right standing with the Father. So, 
what we can pull out of what Matthew says is God assures us that the coming gift in the name of his son, Jesus. Um, the angel reassures us of this. The angel tells Joseph, this is what you're going to name him because there's something significant about a name. Names have meanings, in case you didn't know that. Especially uh, in the Bible, those names had underlying indications about the person. So Mary and Joseph were told to name their child Jesus. Now, Jesus is not actually his name. It is the translation of his name. Okay? So let, let's, let's hit it with this. So Jesus is the Latin version of the Greek name. Okay? His Greek name is a translation of his Hebrew name. His Hebrew name is Yeshua. Yeshua. Or, as we say in English, Joshua. Wait a minute, there's a book in the Bible named Joshua. Huh. So what is the significance of the name? The significance of that name means salvation. So if we really want to get down to brass tacks, get down to the bottom line, his name should be or is Joshua. Which means God saves. But because of the interpretations that it went through, it ended up being Jesus is the name that we use for the Savior of the world. So that's just a little something I want to let, let you understand. But his name means God saves. God rescues. God delivers. Because that is what we are seek, seeking or needing for God to do in us to take away the sin. I, oh, quick, one quick note before I go on. The, the, when it says sin, it is talking about missing the mark that has been established. So God had a point. He had a desired position that he wanted them to be in, but they kept missing it. And so God says, all right, you, you're missing the mark. So he provided back in the, back in the uh, earlier days, he provided, okay, we're going to do this sacrifice of these animals as a representation of you getting forgiveness or atonement for your transgressions or your missing the mark. And so when they were realized that, wait a minute, the one, the king that is going to give us this forgiveness of our sins is coming. They were so excited about it. They were just, whoa, he's coming. He's coming. And when he got there, though, 
Jesus wasn't their ideal of what he was going to do because they thought that the liberation that Jesus was bringing was not was going to be a political liberation that he was going to free them from the clutches of Rome that he was going to free them for all the the uh, human things that were going on but Jesus was coming to provide the ultimate liberation so he did not try to bring a human solution to this temporary problem but the assurance that God was sending them was that he was setting them up to be reconciled back to him and that the deliverance would be a deliverance that they had never seen before uh, the reference that they had previously was to what they heard about with Moses and Moses came in and told the emperor, I mean the pharaoh, let my people go. And God caused all these things to happen. And then they left out of there and God destroyed. You know, it was not that type. It was not on that level. That was a foreshadowing of what was coming. That was God showing them that what was coming was going to be similar but at another level. He was taking them to this other level. So what this next level was, was not a, a, a release or liberation from this human environment, but this was going into the spiritual environment. This was going into the eternal environment. So when Jesus came, he was bringing a permanent solution to the permanent or the largest problem the largest problem that they had was sin missing the mark but Jesus was bringing a permanent solution to this great problem that they were having that is why in Colossians 1 10 through 14 that we just read it is it is it assures us that we have this pardon because God has reconciled us to himself by what Jesus has done for us. And in that pardon, he has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to his kingdom of light. So, the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of darkness... We go to the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God's son. And so as we go through this, it is via the vehicle of forgiveness of our sin. Y'all with me on that? See, this is how this thing goes. <coughs> and so if you jump back up there to Matthew and we look at that 22nd and the 23rd verse, it says, it shows how Jesus was able to assure us of our forgiveness by being God. It says that he was fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah, which says that he shall be called Emmanuel, God 
with us. So God is with us. <laughs> and because God is with us, he can cause these things to change in our lives. He can cause the pardon to be given and for us to be free from sin. Now, a quick note is that the power of sin, the penalty of sin, and the presence of sin are all what God has come to deliver us from. He has come to deliver us first and foremost from the penalty. Because the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The result that you get because of sin is that you are going to be in eternal separation from God. Damnation. It also delivers us from sin having power over us to influence us to not uh, adhere to the commandments of God. And finally, it rescues us, it, par it moves us from the very presence of sin when we go and meet Jesus in the air. So this is why if you're reading in your Bible and Jesus says, I, I forgive you, the folks are like, the only person that can forgive is God. So you actually are blaspheming God. But because he was God with us in the flesh, he was able to do that. And so with that, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us, the God man. And this makes it that Jesus is the only one who can pay the price for our mistakes that is acceptable to God. This makes me run into the store, a story that I read. And the story is about this judge whose son was brought before her. And he was, he was in trouble. And it became this big news story because everyone knew that this young man was guilty and and that he ended up on this judge's docket. So everyone was like, we're going to see what type of judge she really is. And so as they're looking at this situation, he comes in, everything comes down to it, and the judge says, you're guilty. And she charges him a fine and uh, for, for the situation and everything and everybody's like whoa and then what the judge does is takes off her robe then she goes down and stands next to her son pulls out her checkbook and writes a check for the fine that he has received and now the son is free to go because she's paid his price or his fine or his 
penalty, whichever way you want to say it. She paid for his situation. And this is the same thing when you look about God. This is actually an example of God's relationship to us. So we have uh, we have committed crimes, we have committed transgressions against the laws that God has given us on the way that we should live. And when God, and when we do that, God is grieved and he's pained and inevitably there are consequences to us violating those laws. And Sometimes these consequences affect our lives in a, uh, generations to come. They just have adverse effects on us. And this is why God's law says that the penalty of sin is death. And his holy nature demands that he just not let us off the hook or go easy on us. There has to be a payment for our transgression, our sin in the kingdom or the throne room of God. So what did he do? He came down from heaven in the form of a man. And Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the law, I came that the law would be fulfilled. He didn't come to, to condemn the law. He did not come to change the law. He said the law is the law, but I've come to fulfill the law. And so he came down to heaven, and in that, he took on the penalty of our sin, which was death in his own life. And unless you understand how short we come of meeting God's standard, that is nothing that we can do to meet that standard because of the sin in our lives. But we need something to assist us, a boost to get us to the standard that God has for us. And God provided that boost to get us in the proper proper uh, location. And once we realize that within ourselves, we cannot hit that standard, but that when we accept what God has done for us, it causes this gap that we have to be uh, removed or enables us to walk across the, ch the chasm that is caused because of our sin because of what Jesus did. He paid the price for our sins. That is why he went to the cross for us. And so no understanding that, that we cannot within ourselves pay the price for our sin. 
but it has already been paid for. And all we have to do is accept the gift that has been provided. And that is where the complication comes in because some of us don't realize that there is a gap between us and God. We think that because we can say things and do things, but no, there is an acceptance of acknowledging that within myself, I cannot meet God's glorious standard. Because of that, I need something, someone to assist me to get in the right position. And that is where Jesus comes in. Uh, Daniel Taylor wrote this. He says, in recent years, our society has tried to solve this problem by having people simply repeat over and over to themselves, you are okay, you are a good person, you are beautiful as you are. But our spirits know this is a bunch of baloney. We know there's a lot of ugliness in us and that something radical must be done about it. There is only one person whose affirmation can take that ugliness away, and that is the person who made us and knows how we work. God does not affirm or ignore our ugliness, as the world would have us do. Instead, he offers us forgiveness for it. The wonderful news of the insurance of pardon is that despite our sins, God has nothing against us. There is something refreshing in that. We wait and wait, hoping to be found acceptable. And in Matthew 1, God tells Mary and Joseph, them that forgiveness is coming and through Jesus, acceptance for the children of God. There's, there, the real us, the spiritual us, is letting us know that we are not hitting the mark that we are missing it us saying these things over and over again but not having those things that we're saying based in the truth of God's word is still causing us to come up short so we want to get into the proper position that is the foundation is that we need forgiveness now I want to get into our subtitle and our subtitle was, if you remember, love. And the Bible says that God commended his love toward us. God showed his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, he sent Christ to die for us. Now, his love is not based upon the definition that I gave you earlier. It's not based upon a feeling. It's not based upon benevolence. It's not based upon goodwill. It's based upon his actions. His actions reveal his love. His actions show us how much he loved us. That he would be willing to pay the price for us even when we didn't even, were, were even not aware that we needed it paid for. He's already paid our debt in full. Peter said it like this. He said that love covers a multitude of sin. 
What God has done for us, his unconditional love, not based upon anything but just the fact that he loves us. Because of that unconditional love, our sins can be covered. Our sins can be, uh, the penalty of our sins can be removed because of God's love for us. God loves us that much. And when Jesus came, he came with that attitude that he was fulfilling the will of the father, which was reconciling us back to the kingdom of God, pulling us out of the kingdom of darkness and moving us into the kingdom of light, taking us from the kingdom of this world and moving us to the kingdom of heaven. That is why Paul was able to say is that we're just sure uh, we're just moving through. We're just travelers. We're just coming through this land. We're in this world, but our our whole being is not a part of this world. Although we're here, we are like ambassadors. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And we're coming down to tell others that we are representatives of that kingdom. The ambassador is there to help the, the, wherever he is to understand the thoughts and the uh, mannerisms of the kingdom of which they represent. And so that's what God has done. He has sent his love towards us. And that he has redeemed us or given us the gift of redemption through his son so that we can be part of his kingdom. He has reconciled us. He has paid our debt. He has paid our fee. He has paid our penalty so that we can be a part of his kingdom. That is such good news. And the other part of that is you cannot do anything for it. There's, there's nothing that you can do to receive it. It is a gift that God has given to you because he loves you. He loves you so much that he paid the full price of your debt. He loves you that much. Now, if you have not taken him up on that offer, today is a good day as any to accept the offer of unconditional love in your life with that offer of unconditional love comes the forgiveness of your sin the bible says in romans the ninth chapter the tenth chapter the ninth verse it says this it says that if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you shall be saved if you make the declaration, if you confess, if you profess, if you declare 
that Jesus is Lord. And that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead in order to pay the price for your sins. You shall be pardoned, you shall be rescued, you shall be delivered, you shall be saved. Because that was God's whole purpose in having Jesus to come to get us back in right position with him. The Bible also says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So today, I admonish you to accept the gift of love. And all you have to do is just say, I accept this gift of love that God has given me, a forgiveness of my sin, and reconcile me back to himself. And if today is your first time doing that, please let us know so that we can provide you with additional information so that you can continue to go forward in this journey that God has for you. Contact us at info at godshousecc.com, sorry. And we will provide you with additional information for you to go along this journey. And for those of you that have already accepted this, I just want you to be more and more excited, understanding that how much God loves you, that he sent Jesus in order to reconcile you to himself and this is the season that we should be celebrating. This is what we're preparing for, to acknowledge, not just on Christmas Day, but just to bring our minds in, to focus back on the fact that God did this just for us as individuals and collectively as a group. That he showed his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. That we will be reconciled back to him. That is such good news. Well, friends and family, I pray that today something was said in you that gets you to understand how much God loves you and that you'll continue to run along and run forward knowing that he loves you so much that he paid your ultimate debt so that you would not have to carry that debt with you, but that you could be reconciled back to him and be a part of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.